And I think, yeah, we say connection, it'd be good to clarify. That's like, I'm here with you and you're here with me and we're on the same team and I'm safe and loved and cared for, you know, like we're, we're arm in arm or like, man, you're right up under my wing and we're going through this together. Welcome everyone to Bringing Kids Home, a TBHC foster care and adoption production. I'm Kristen, TBHC's outreach and communications admin. We are excited you are joining us today to hear stories of adoption and how any one of us, including you, can make a difference in a child's life. Today's podcast is sponsored by Dance Works of Waxahachie. They are transforming lives by using the gift of dance to bring light to the world. Find out more about Dance Works at danceworkswax.net. We are grateful to Dance Works for supporting today's stories. Now stick around and hear how stories of faith and family help bring kids home. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Curry, president of TBHC Foster Care and Adoption. I'm so glad you're with us. My guests today are Aaron and Charity Clayton. The Claytons joined us last time and shared their story of adoption. It involved going overseas, waiting on the Lord, and learning that loving someone doesn't always mean permanence. Go back and listen to the previous episode, part one of the Clayton story. You will not want to miss it. I want to get into really y'all's expertise. I'm going to say that this is what it is, and it's TBRI. And I feel like there are families that could desperately benefit from the wisdom that y'all have gained and the events of your life that have really informed motivating you to do TBRI. How has that really transformed your family? Yeah, I think the first thing to say is um, one of the terms we learned early on in our training is about the illusion of expertise. <laughs> and I think it's more that than actual expertise. But um, so our our struggle was so difficult that, and I, we said it on the last time, that we were like at a dark place where we were drowning. And I think it's okay for parents to acknowledge that's true. They don't have to hide that. And we reached out for help and got connected to um, Paula St. John, like we said, who is TBRI certified. And, um, and so we got connected and, and we can get into that in a minute if you want to, but we went through multiple layers of coaching, sort of parent coaching with her and then training, uh, parent training. And they even worked with Sam out at TCU with Dr. Purvis, um, which we know is a, um, was a privilege that most people didn't get and no one can ever get again. Um, and then also through what's called Empowered to Connect Parent Training, um, which is sort of the church Christian side of the connected child stuff. And so I think, honestly, like we talked about our hard journey, God used those very, very difficult things to give us the training and the resources and the multiple rounds of it that we've needed. Um, and then now we really feel like God has invested that in us for our family. And we've seen a drastic change in our family. Um, and then has given us tools so that we can help other families. And even when we talk about like, we're working to do adoption, um, orphan care, foster care, all of those things through our church family. But our particular burden as a couple is for the parents of uh, adopted and foster kids because of the journey we've walked through. And so God has given us that. And we, we, you know, we use these techniques with all of our kids. I remember one of our trainings, we were trying to parent our kids differently. And someone's finally said, I'm going to encourage you to stop doing that. 
Um, and so we just went for full TBR on track and it just changed our life. And certainly there are questions we don't always have answers to and, and things that we do when it comes to TBR on parenting that don't always work perfectly. So we get that, but um, we, have, we feel like we have fought for and have found a level of connectedness with our kids because of it that has dramatically impacted our family over the years. Yeah, I think somebody actually gave me um, the connected child um, a year or so before we really even hit our struggle. And I think I read it a little bit. It was such a 180 in parenting from where we were. I just felt completely overwhelmed by it. I didn't really buy it um, and I just put it away. Um, and so when we, when we had reached this place, and Paula started coming to our house and like teaching us how to use it. She said, I'm, I want you to read this book, The Connected Child. I'm like, oh, I think I have that somewhere. Um, but we were in crisis. And so trying to overhaul everything in crisis is not wise. Like you're not going to be able to do it. But like she just gave us little like I needed I needed to know exactly what I needed to do when this happened. Like I needed a game plan. Um, so I think like. If you're not in crisis, go for it. If you are in crisis, you still need to go for it, but maybe just like baby steps, trying to change one thing at a time. We're going to embrace this piece of it, one thing at a time. And having a therapist or a counselor who can really coach you and walk you through that is... Uh, or an experienced parent trainer. But yeah, yeah, somebody who has been down this road and is familiar with these things that can give you ideas and bounce, you know, like we don't, we're far from having the answers all the time, but... A lot of like, and so we need somebody, you just need somebody out of your situation yeah. to help coach you and go, okay, well, have you tried this and give you new ideas? Cause you're just, you're stuck. And it's hard. Cause like Charity said, these TBRI methods are, I mean, let's just be honest. They're wildly different than the way most of us were parented. We're, we either were parented with um, spankings and like physical discipline or like, you know, consequences and, and certain kind of, or the other extreme of like two hands off where everything where it's permissive, like, like 95% of people experience some version of those things. And this is very different than both of those. And so I think, I don't even, it's hard to say how to give it to someone because I feel like a lot of our parents and families who come through our trainings that we've been a part of, um, it's just really hard for them to get their head around. And if they're not in crisis, they're not really willing to yeah. try it. And then when you're in the middle of crisis, it's you can hard. really only take it yeah. one step at a time. So I don't know how to say, how do we give it to a person early on? We, I will say this, like we buy it 100%. We advocate for it, all of it, every bit of it. And um, I, I think that ad all adoptive foster parents should too. It will only increase healing time as I'm, did I say that right yeah oh, healing will come faster your own as you deal with your own stuff through this process like your own healing comes faster like it's only going to be good for you to jump in with two feet and just buy it well just and really it. trust like, us <laughs> yeah just trust us okay is that enough I mean I think most parents and families are looking for solutions and we understand that because like Charity said, at our darkest days, we were drowning and we needed, we needed help to get through the day. I know there's probably a lot more to this, but I can't, I don't have space for that right now. So I think we know that. And it's really, when you get into like the levels of engagement and a few, you know, a handful of 
time in, you know, and, and redos and stuff, you get into some very practical things that you can do right now. They're easy to learn, but the real, the significance of this method is that most of the change is you dealing with your own stuff that is complicating the relationship because you're bringing your own drama and baggage to the table that needs to be dealt with first. And then secondly, is your child's trauma and the things caused by the trauma are the issue. It's not their behavior. Yeah. Their behavior is a symptom of the broken things that are in their heart that need right. to be changed. That's not their fault. Yeah. And that's, that's 90 percent of the issues it's our own trauma and drama and problems and baggage and they're the result of their trauma and so you do need tools to get through a day but the real weight of change is then having the space to go into those things in your own heart and their heart which take a long time yeah. but that's what you got to do and then when you do you start to see significant and lasting change and then the tools are helpful too but you've got to it's got it's a holistic deal yeah, definitely. So a, a 30 second commercial for this of like what people could do, how they could uh, find out more about it. What would that be real quick? Um, yeah, several different things. There is still the organization Empowered to Connect that they could Google. Um, I don't know. I think it's EmpoweredToConnect.com where they could connect to parent training and tons of great resources, videos, books, exercises they can do. The Connected Child is a The Connected Child place. book, yeah, is a great starting place. Um, that's probably what we would say first. Yeah. Um, and then you can also go to TCU's Institute of Child Development. They've got a DVD series that they've made along with um, resources you can find that will, that's all based in a secular world, but because Dr. Purvis was a believer, all of their research and their tools are based in Christian principles. They just can't explicitly say that. So those are... Um, Connected Child Book, number one, and then I would say Empowered to Connect, TCU Institute of Child Development, and they actually have, I think at both of those places, have a list of practitioners, counselors, doctors, and people who are TBRI trained that can be a supplemental piece of your puzzle. Yeah, That's great. Uh, I, I'll encourage all of you just from the position I sit at TBHC that this is a transformative thing to be involved in. So, if you're struggling, uh, as you said uh, in the last episode, uh, if you're expecting to struggle, which pretty much means if you're going to parent any child on the face of the earth, uh, <laughs> this would be very helpful. So, well, let's get back into your story. And, you know, we've, we've had a long journey of talking about some of the things that have happened up to this point, but let me kind of turn back to where y'all are today because it's been tough. It's been a challenge and behaviors are difficult, period, um, with children. But what's happening in y'all's lives today? Uh, and you don't have to get into uh, one child or another, but it, like, what is a difficult day now? You know, what, what are hopeful things going on right now? Yeah, a difficult day now is light years away from... A difficult day then and it doesn't mean it's not difficult but it's um got what god has done in the last nine years is like he's just brought profound healing in our own hearts and in um in sam's heart and i would still say that he's probably our 
our hardest kiddo, you know, behavior wise, but um, we have great hope for continued healing. And um, so a difficult day now looks like maybe um, didn't sleep super well. So wakes up a little uh, grumpy and on edge. And I would say like, just um, like just edginess, like quick to um, react or like respond with like a harsh tone or um, uh, he's just like super sensitive. So he's easily wounded by something that maybe shouldn't wound him. So, but his defense mechanism is usually like to fight back. Um, and, but what the, what the way that looks now is um, not the way it used to look. Yeah. I mean, back in our hardest days, it was um, lots of physical things and some of it ended in a 45 minute restraint multiple times like a day you know and like yeah, mul- yeah often it was um, hard i mean so it was that was the kind of dark stuff and now we have to remind ourselves sometimes and we're struggling now of man this day 10 years ago yeah. nine years ago yeah man, we would have been asking for this day oh, you know yeah. um so a lot of times now it's um a lot of having to correct things um and it's so much of it is trying to retrain their minds and that's really hard because it's hard for them to get there so it's it's just rhythm and routine and helping them helping their mind there's a path that's cleared that they just automatically go to which in our case is fight it might be fight flight freeze any number of things and ours is fight and that's just the default when something doesn't go well it's it's either physical or verbal hurts and we're having to go, let's let that path grow back up. Let's cut a different path out. Well, that takes so many repetitions and, and corrections and things. And so I think we're doing that a lot, but it's exhausting, mm-hmm. you know? And I think sometimes people look at TBRI and it sounds like you're just not catching things. You're just letting stuff go. And we always have to say, no, every misbehavior or disrespect has to be corrected. Mm-hmm. But it's more about how you correct it and address it and the major, major piece is we're trying to match all of that correction with connection. Yeah. We don't just want to correct or, or, you know, discipline. We want to also be matching that with a level of heart connection and approval. Mm-hmm. And so it's just exhausting. You know? Yeah, I think this is like with any of our kids, if we're having a hard time with them or we're seeing some attitude and behavior, we can kind of pause and just go, what's going on? And we it's almost always related to connection. Like, have we sat down and played in a week or have has it been a long time since I've had one-on-one time with this kiddo? Um, and it's almost like always. And what, what they may need is mommy to sit down for 20 minutes and play Barbies or Legos or just really play and engage with them. And it's like, everything's reset. What they really need is connection. And from us they're little sinners just like we are and you know they have moments of def- just outright defiance yeah. or things like that certainly that stuff's true but i mean the vast majority of our our parenting struggles with them are connection issues mm-hmm. and but, you think about sorry a kid that comes from trauma how much easier it would be for them to go to like a place of i'm on my own i'm isolated like my biological kids have never known that kind of pain um, but Sam does. And so like connection is so much more important for him. And it's, 
uh, I want to say more important, but it's, it may be more fragile for him. We have to make sure. And so, so it's so much easier for him to feel disconnected and the behavior comes up than it does with our other kiddos. And we, if you, um, I'm sure you have, if people have seen the movie uh, Inside Out, we talk about all these different islands. Um, and we, uh, and one of them was Family Island. And so we started talking about Family Island and, and trying to draw that difference between when he's on Family Island and when he's on Sam Island. And I just think the reality is that it's so much easier for our kids from trauma mm -hmm. to wind up back on Sam Island. And again, it's not their fault. Right. They've been wired deep inside of their core subconscious to think I'm the only one who really cares about me. And so if anything goes wrong, my default survival mode is I got to take care of me. Right. Well, that puts them on, you know, isolated Sam Island and they're not connected to us. All of a sudden they're just operating in that mode again. And so, and, and even defense like against mm -hmm. us. Yeah. Yeah. They're on a different place than we are. And so I think we have to go, like Charity said, connection isn't more important for him, but he needs more of it. And we have to work harder at it because it's so much easier for him to go off the rails onto to Sam Island mm -hmm. that it, it takes so much more work and time to try to keep him connected to us. But we're there for longer than we were before. We live in that place more often. And like I would say, connected Sam is like, the sweetest, kindest, compassionate kid, you know what, that's what he needs. And that, that's like his true self, like who he is, like when he feels really safe and can let down all of those guards. And that's what we want for all of our kids from trauma. And those are the moments that like bring tears to my eyes, you know, when you just see him like free, like just freed from all of the other things that are always like pulling at him. And, and I think, yeah, we say connection, it'd be good to clarify. That's like, I'm here with you and you're here with me and we're on the same team and I'm safe and loved and cared for, you know, like we're, we're arm in arm or like, man, you're right up under my wing and we're going through this together. When same we as we connection. feel like, same as we feel when we are like in that like perfect sweet spot with the Lord, like when we're really tucked under his wing, when he, when we really are hiding ourselves in him, like the joy and the peace and all the things that we know to be true and just flow from that place. It's, it's a picture, same similar picture here. Hi, I'm Laurie Henthorne, donor engagement manager at TBHC Foster Care and Adoption. Did you know that there are over 6,000 children waiting for adoption in Texas today? And did you know that there are only about a thousand willing foster adoptive homes licensed and available to them? These children are coming from hard places and are needing a place to heal. We at TBHC strive to provide homes where they'll feel safe and loved and where they can begin their healing process. What if you could play a part in changing these statistics? TBHC depends on people like you to help change the course of these children's lives. You could open your heart and home to them or you could come alongside them and help provide for the parents' training or for specialized therapy for a child through your financial support. We invite you to visit our website, tbhc.org, to find out more about us, hear inspiring stories and ways to pray for TBHC families, and to find out how you can be a part of bringing kids home. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. I've had this conversation multiple times and people look at where you are and I'm sure they've said something similar to you. 
y'all are goals in my life, you know, things kind of like that. Like we want to aspire to be like you. And I think it's so vital that everyone hears that you don't get there overnight. You don't get where you are today just by saying, well, we're, we're going to do some hard things and they'll last a little while. We're going to do some hard things that Jesus has done for us already. Without that behind all of this, it just all collapses. Like there's no reason that anybody should take a step in this direction, except for what Christ has done and given for us. I don't know. Without yeah. It's not about us. And it's really not even about the kids. Yeah. You know, we're doing this for the glory of Jesus and because he left us an example that we should follow in his steps. Yeah, no, exactly. I don't know if there's anything about the story that you feel like you haven't shared yet. I do want to get into your decision to come back to adoption. Y'all, y'all good with that? Yeah. 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 So why have y'all decided to come back into a situation where you're ready to adopt again? What's kind of led this in your life right now? I think we always, okay. You know, we always thought we would adopt two and then we laugh and say, Oh, then we adopted one. And uh, you know, and so it never really like left our minds. We kind of talked about it in those really hardest days. It was not even really on the table. And, but, but as we kind of walked out of that, we thought, okay, well, maybe when our youngest is five, you know, we'll have a little bit more space to do something like that. Well, our youngest turned seven and uh, we just started, I don't know how, exactly how or why the conversation opened up again, but it did. And um, so we just started really praying about it um, and talking about it. And then it, it was it was a while, maybe a year of like praying and talking about it before we just felt like, I mean, to me, this is the way I explain it is like, we got to this place that the Lord was like, are you, just, are you gonna obey or are you not? Like, this is what I put this in you. Are you gonna do it or are you just gonna not do it? Like, well, <laughs> it's up to you. And I think it's, it's good to say too, the obey piece um because it really became about timing for us i think god has definitely put this in our hearts but i think we need to say too like this is god's heart for the church it's not just unique to us or some other right. people because our hearts happen to be for it this is a biblical call for the church to care for the fatherless the same way that god does and so i think we look at that and go that's our call as the church and then for us as an individual family we're just going, there are more kids out there that need homes. And we think our, you know, every single family can't adopt for various reasons. We can get involved on some level, whether it be foster care or support or all these other things, giving generously to TBHC. And, mm -hmm. but uh, then God has just placed it in our heart, like kids still need families. Mm -hmm. And so I think that really never left our radar. It was more about timing and readiness with a lot of the unique dynamics that our family holds. And I think like Charity said, we just came to a place of going kind of like when you have your first child, you're never really ready. Or when you have your second child, I think we got to a place where we felt stable enough that we said, we're going to have to pull the trigger at some point. Yeah. I think now's the time to pull the ripcord. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't romantic or um, like there wasn't really excitement and joy attached to it at that point. I'll speak for myself. <clears throat> but and then in sharing with the kids, um, two of them were excited. One of them was really not excited. Um, but but anyway, so as we have walked, this is just, again, like the Lord's faithfulness as we 
just do our best to like discern his will and walk in obedience to him. Um, so strictly obedience in the beginning, then we started get, going through our paperwork and training and there's just not much joy in that, except for <laughs> we get to um, one of our first trainings at TBHC. And it was like, I don't know if it's geared this way, but it's like, I do like the training that's going to scare away every family who's really not like, um, you know, in it. I mean, we sat at a table next to a couple who just like the deer in headlights. It means all the trauma, all the things that go wrong, all the like abuse that can happen in a home, all the behaviors that come from that abuse, all the things you have to be worried about and concerned about, like, you know, it's, it's not a fun training, but uh, like of all places for the Lord to ignite joy in my heart over this adoption, that's where it was for me, which is so crazy, you know? And then I'm like, the Lord's just so good in that. And then even as we're walking forward, there's just these little pieces of joy. And now it's just like, like, I can't, I can't wait. You know, I know it's going to be hard. I know what we're walking into, like preparing a home and getting ready. And we don't know who our kid is yet. We're waiting to be matched, but um, there's just lots of joy in it for me. And I don't know. I just love how the Lord gives that. He didn't have to give that, but along the way, he has just given us more of that. What would you say? Nothing more than that. I already said the kingdom piece, I think is a major piece for me. And I think walking in this with our kids this time has been really special. So the first time it was just Aaron and I, um, and then this time, even the one kiddo that was really not excited about it is on board a hundred percent and, um, just excited, always asking, we're praying together. We've already had like ridden the roller coaster up and down a few times with like, maybe we got select or maybe we're going to get selected. Maybe we're not like this kid, you know? And so we've, we've done that and have been disappointed and we've just walked openly with them in that. Um, not really always sure that of exactly how we should be walking in that with them, but they are seeing the Lord's hand and I just can't wait. Like, I feel like this is going to be a big piece of their story growing up, like walking through this adoption together and they're getting to see it all firsthand this time, which is just really special to us. Yeah, that's really neat. Well, you talked about your church and living this out in front of your church. How have you strategically done that? I know I've been privileged to actually come and be there for one of the emphasis Sundays, but you know, how have you led this out in your church, both of you, uh, and made it very strategic in what you're doing? Yeah. Um, I think like our, you know, we had Sam from day one of our church. So we have a unique uh, <laughs> piece, uh, like, cause our church is young and we started it. So we've, there's always been adopted kiddos there. Um, and we've talked about it from early on and people have lived it out. And I think part of it has just been, you know, we say like when we came, we wanted to be a very authentic rally around each other kind of church. We just didn't think our family was going to be the test case for that. And it was. And so people have had an opportunity, a front row seat from day one to see what life is like this way. And I think, you know, we're always talking about it. We have emphasis Sundays with Orphan Sunday and things like that. And um, we have done some series and, and initiatives and we serve with the home. And we are also involved with another ministry in town, a, a crisis pregnancy center. Because we really feel like that's the, the the vulnerable kids who are still in the womb and their their birth mothers. Um, so I think a lot of it is 
we're definitely connected and do things purposefully, but it's just dripping it into conversations and things over time, inviting other people into our home um, and letting them just, you know, being honest with our stories. And we don't try to hide the fact that he's adopted and he knows that. And, um, you know, we're careful with his story, but we tell some of the harder pieces, especially of this, we acknowledge our own faults. And it's just something that's always out there in front of people. We let them see it and be involved in it and have a firsthand uh, encounter. And, and it's hard. It's everyone won't have this. Our son is the this life of the party and the star of every room he's in. Yeah. There's just something about him that's intangible. Everybody, everywhere he goes, loves him. And so he's already attracting people to him just in his ordinary everyday life. And so a lot of people get to be exposed to it because of those things. Would you say anything else? This week? How you live that out or you've lived that out? No, I just think being honest. Yeah, telling our story. Yeah, being it's honest good. with our stories all the time, I think is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, where, where you are today is an amazing story. And I feel like it's, it's grace-filled. It is... God honoring and edifying. I'm blown away by it. So I guess I'll end with this question to y'all is, is there something I didn't ask you that you'd love to make sure everyone knew? I've said a lot. <laughs> is anything popped to mind immediately? Man, I don't know. Like, you know, like I know our story can, um, I don't know, like provoke fear and this, um, like stepping into adoption. I mean, it certainly did for me. And I mean, it's, I think it's what it took me so long to come to a place of obedience and surrender and all of that. Again, a lot of fear, like what if, what if I go back to the place I was, you know, in my depression and such a low place. And what if we, I don't know, what if it's as hard as it was the first time, you know, um, and I know, like, I, I don't know, I will say a hundred percent, like it's worth it. And I don't know. I feel like the Lord's been impressing in my heart, even recently, that we only get to live once we get one chance to walk this road. And I guess in some ways you go, Oh, well, we want it to be as pretty and pleasant as possible. But on the other hand is like, what, what are we, what are we doing that matters how are we impacting the kingdom? Like, how are we um, bringing glory to the Lord in the way that we walk? And I don't know, like to me, that just inspires um, like a willingness to just walk with the Lord into the hard things. So I, I feel like for those of you who have considered it, like really pray about it. <laughs> those of you who haven't really thought much about it before, maybe consider it start having the conversation. And those of you who are, um, know the Lord has asked it of you to take him at his word and trust him and obey. He'll be faithful to give you all the pieces that you need all along the way as he has for us. He's going to meet you and be with you in it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty clear there, you know, in James chapter one and you go to other places, you know, but Pure and undefiled religion is to care for orphans and widows in their distress and keep yourself unstained from the world. So the biblical call is not unclear. What that may look like for every person is certainly, I mean, that's a question you have to answer. But 
I think when you start thinking about it, again, the hard things, which may be like the struggles in parenting, or it might be the finances, or it might be the paperwork. Like, honestly, this time around, the paperwork is the thing that made me the most, like, I don't want to do this in the trainings and stuff. So whatever the cost is, uh, I think that keeps us back from that. I just think we have to look at whose kingdom we're here for. I know um, over kind of this holiday, we were sick and we were we had COVID and we were home for a while and uh, and we just got to spend all this time with our kids and I just loved it so much. I feel like I'm becoming an old man, young. I'm just so sentimental. Um, but I just loved this time I had with my kids and I just started thinking about investing in them and all these things and like that, you know, I want to love the Lord and I want to love my kids. And I just thought about all the time and spending and like we just want to pour so much into them. But eventually they're going to be out of our house before too long. Or one of us, you know, we'll get old and we'll die. And and those things will happen in a breath compared to eternity. Mm-hmm. And all like maybe I love them and my wife, like my family, more than any other thing on the earth. And I want to invest all my time and energy outside of the kingdom in that. But even that is going to be gone so soon. And it just makes me go like the only thing that matters then is the glory of God. All the other stuff is going to be gone in a breath. And so the only thing that matters is the glory of God and teaching my kids about the glory of God and to love him and doing the things that are in accordance with his kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is one that's right down the middle when it comes to that. And yeah, there's maybe a lot of things that might keep us from it, but we just have to ask whose kingdom are we going to live for? Mm -hmm. And if we, I think, can answer that question, honestly, he'll show us what that looks like. And it may be different for everybody. Um, but we'll go in with our hands open and God will do some really uh, surprising things. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for uh, being on again with me today and uh, just finishing y'all's story. Uh, Bless you guys. Thank you. Yeah, we're glad to be here, man. Thank you for inviting us. Yeah, thank you for having us. It's encouraging just like I'm encouraged in the Lord just by recounting our own story. Yeah, yeah. We're thankful for you guys and what you're doing and staff and uh it's a it's cool to be a part of it yeah thank you thank you for joining us if you would like to get in touch with today's guest or any of our previous guests you can contact us through our email podcast at tbhc.org that's podcast at tbhc.org leave us a comment recommend a guest to our show and give us a five-star review wherever you listen and don't forget to subscribe For more information, check out our website, tbhc.org, and discover how you can participate in bringing kids home.